mystery and horror, the air itself is filled with monsters. Children of the night, what music they make. Well, hello, all you monster fiends, and welcome to a... Wow, I messed that up so badly. <laughs> what on earth? I'm really sorry. Thank you for joining us for another deep dive, Factorfield episode, exploring Hollywood's most famous monsters. I'm apparently your mistress of ceremonies, Sam. And I am joined, as always, by Dan from Bleed and Marvelous. Say hello, Dan. Hello, Dan. Hi, Dan. Right, I know where <laughs> I went wrong. Because I always say, welcome, all you monster fiends. Why did I decide to change it? Why? Because today was just that day. It was just that day. Just Hi, day. everyone. We are We are back for episode two of season two. And we are well. Yes. We are well. We are we are not poorly anymore. That's an open-ended question, Sam. That's an open-ended question. <laughs> are we well? <laughs> I am better than I was last week. <laughs> Put it that way. I yeah. Uh, I was by the end of that episode. I generally can't remember half the stuff I said. So <laughs> I only realised half of the stuff we'd recorded when I was on uh, when I was in the chat. On, mm -hmm. on Monday, oh, when we were watching the Dracula episode, and I was just like, I don't remember having that bit of conversation. When did we speak about that? I was like, did we talk about the dead? Of course we did. I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, phasing in and out again, just disassociating with the whole conversation. <sighs> hey, right. I'll do the, if I can, do the disclaimer, and then we'll crack on with this week's episode. Sure. Everything discussed in today's episode is our opinions and it's our opinions alone. If you'd like to discuss anything from today's episode, please come and join us in the Facebook group, the Discord, or the comment section where we can have an open discussion. What we won't have, though, is anyone coming for us and telling us our opinions are wrong. We can all agree to disagree in fandom. So let's keep it fun, keep it kind, and keep the toxic behaviour out of nerdism. Don't be a dick what the lady said yes what she said right this week this week is i know i'm getting i i hate saying this name by the way the blob <laughs> it's it's got a it's got a certain something about it it's it? got it's definitely got something so from the 1958 independent science fiction horror to the 1988 remake this movie sentence centers on a carnivorous Anaponical alien that crashes to Earth from outer space inside a meteorite. It in it in right in envelopes in lopes in envelopes living beings and that make it grow larger. The indestructible creature bloated with the blood of its victims. This week, monsters up north brings you the blob. I wrote sounds... words in that opening I couldn't even read. <laughs> Why did I not think to change them? Because <laughs> you did the same thing as me. You go, ah, oh, that's done then. Move on, next bit. Yeah, honestly, I did. I'm not going to lie. I wrote that 
uh, opening out after I watched the first one. And after I watched the original 1958 one, I was left a little bit like, what the fuck have we getting ourselves into? Correct. How the hell are we going to have a whole episode about this? This is it. This is this is where it ends. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then I watched the 1988 remake. Yeah. And all was saved. <laughs> all was saved in one, one movie that when I looked at the poster went, what the fuck is that? See, I wasn't aware of the 88 remake because in my head, I thought that the 58 was mm. the remake because for some reason I thought there was a film before that that was black and white that was the blob. So I thought the 58 was the remake, but um, I'm glad I was wrong because the 88 was a, a masterpiece in itself. So it is just, it was, it was everything you wanted from an 80s creature film. And the copy that's on YouTube, by the way, so you can mm-hmm. go watch the 1988 and the 58 version. They're both full versions on YouTube. Was like crystal clear, beautiful. And I was watching it like it was just only made yesterday. So yeah. it was just, it was really, really well remastered. Whoever did it, because 1988, we're, we're looking at oh, over 30 years ago. <laughs> so you know, it's. Usually VHS quality is is the line across the line snowy, is going across. No yeah. but this was just like beautifully remastered. So I highly advise after this, if you so feel it's free, you can just go watch it on YouTube. And uh, I highly recommend the uh, recommend the eighty eight one for sure. Uh, I'm honestly putting that in my wheelhouse of horror now. Never thought. <laughs> I'd, no, honestly, never thought I'd be seeing it because after watching the. After watching, oh gosh, I love old movies. Yeah, but after watching this, I wasn't just—it wasn't just a case of, oh, that's bad for the time. Like that's like, like it doesn't translate well into now time. That was just bad for then. It, oh, it's independent, and I yeah. made sure I put the word independent in there because it screams it all the way through it. Yeah, the um, original. Are we talking yeah. back about the original? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it, I know. That it was made by, I want to say, Valley Forge Films, mm-hmm. um, and they were a Christian-based production company. So technically, the original Blob is a Christian movie because it was funded by the church. It was either Christian or Catholic. Sorry, I'll take that back. It's either one or the other, and it was funded by the church. The whole movie, so hence why it's um, well, well. <laughs> What well, it was, uh, what it was, uh, starring Steve uh, uh, Steve McQueen. This was his uh, debut film, yeah. I want to say. Yeah, um, well, yeah. He's probably the only watchable thing in it, to be honest. Um, it was so no, him and the policeman. So the policeman who believed them. Yeah, I kind of liked him. Dave or Dan or something. I can't remember what his name was. It was something along those lines. I want to say Dan. Yeah. I do want to say Dan, but he was he was he was a nice guy. But my goodness, I I am all for having a bit of mystery in my movies, but not having a fucking clue is a completely different thing. <laughs> if you look at Steve McQueen, everybody holds him as an icon of of like 50s, 60s, 70s cinema. He was the leading guy, the rebel, you know, he took over after James Dean, obviously. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know James Dean was a rebel without a cause, but he was the rebel character. He was the teenager, naughty boy, even though he was playing a teenager in this movie and he was 27, 28. 
when he got cast in this position and it was just like there's no way he looks like a teenager he's like a 30 year old man (laughs) it's like who are you trying to freaking fool who are you trying to fool he (laughs) the cast of Greece yeah clearly yes oh god (laughs) it's even worse yeah but then that is the blob connection with Greece isn't it because it plays in the movie theater doesn't it whoa that was so quick, but I literally did not put two and two together there. It, yes, it is. Yeah. That is one of my uh, factoids written down, is that it is the movie that is playing in Greece. Yeah, and when they first pull up at the very first drive-in, isn't it? I know that film back to front and inside out, so... Yeah, yeah, it's the cinema scene that they show. Um, Steve McQueen is the star of this show, is the star of this film. They got the dark. I love that line. But it's like, you know, Bullet, we're talking iconic movies and you think Steve McQueen, wow, great escape. You know, these movies, that man acted in those movies. Mm-hmm. He did. In this. Did he? Did he act? I don't know. I, I just don't know whether it was a pressure of being the lead guy, but there was a lot of rumours on set that he was notoriously difficult to work with on this film. I didn't read that part. What I wrote, what I read was that he was an absolute chain smoker. Yeah, And there is an actual scene in the movie where you can see smoke coming from behind him because he's got his cigarette behind his hand. Yeah. I, I actually saw one of the clips showed the smoke coming up behind him where they'd gone action and he just stuck his bag behind his back. Yeah, just behind his back. And you can see the smoke coming up. It, didn't, it never got cut. But um, <laughs> this is how much he held at the time, held this movie in regard. Yes. He was offered... 2,500 or 10% of the takings. And he said, this ain't going to work. I'm just going to take the 2,500. Thank you very much. Give me my money. And this movie went on to gross 4 million. Yes. The budget itself was Mm 110,000, which by today's money is 1.2 million because we're talking 1958. Mm -hmm. Um, And it made in the box office in 1958, $4 $4 million, which by today's standard puts that about $43.8 million. So you've got that in the run-ins of some of the biggest movies made around in mm-hmm. probably, we're talking pre-Marvel. If I say pre-Marvel, because Marvel goes in, is Marvel put put things into the stratosphere. Yeah. But we're talking pre-Marvel days. Anywhere between 40 to 60 was the, the, the running average of a really good movie. So by today's standards, that was... It was a runaway success. Four million. He would have taken home by today's standards four point three million if he'd have just taken ten percent. So, I mean, I mean, I bet he wasn't like losing sleep over it, but still, that's a big chunk of change. However, for all that he made them assumptions back then, in his home, in his bedroom. At the time of his death, he had a movie poster of the Blob. I hate saying that name. I'm, I can't. I, it is such a. It is such a horrible name for a but movie. It would have been worse if it was called the Blob. You've got a the ghost. Blob. That is what they were going to call it. The Glob. You've got a ghost. I've got a Loki trying to <laughs> shut the door. You little shit. <laughs> yeah, I've got um, a ghost. I was going to have Yeah. Um, I, I, the Glob was one the of the glob. other working titles. I think that for me, for some reason, that sounds worse. The Glob. The it glob. sounds like you coughed up, doesn't it? But, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was. 
I don't know. I mean, for the day, you've got to remember, 1958, colour was a new thing. It wasn't... Um, it was if you had the money to do a colour movie, you were, you know, you were really well off. Uh, because James Dean went on to do a movie in 1959, and that was black and white. Yes. So, 1958 and colour, and to be able to pull off the colour they did with the red vegetable dye into the silicone, which made the blob itself, yeah, is really really clever by today's standards it massively it's still it never dried out so this big glob of red never dry never dried out and um it is brought it is it's been kept it is still in its globness shape um, and it comes out at Blobfest in phoenixville pennsylvania where it was filmed the cinema I, film. I knew this before I read this. Did not know about it being the the whole. Thing. I knew about Blobfest because Jake told me about it. He was like, "Yeah, did you not know that they hold this three day festival for for the Blob?" And I went, "What?" Yeah, basically, no. what we do as well is you uh, you can they have sections of the day where you can be filmed running out of the cinema in the same fashion as people did in the movie, and they film it. And it's like it's and that's it. That's your three days. <laughs> for three whole days, over and over again, people just running out the cinema screaming. Um, oh Christ! Oh, yeah, I mean, I know they do like a, they have like fifties hot rod shows there at the same time. They shut. Oh, whole, that's cool. Yeah, they shut the whole um, village town down to to host this thing. But yeah, it's they bring out the bucket. It's <laughs> the blob in it. They bring out the bucket. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And uh, then they bring out all the miniatures because obviously a lot of maquettes were made for the filming yeah. and, and and things like that. So they bring a lot of that out and it's still all in existence. But they do say that it is still like the day that the movie was made. It's still in that tip top condition. that's in the bucket. It's just never, never dried out. Well, did you know that it's actually inspired by a true story? I read something and I was like, mm, this seems far-fetched, I'm not sure. but I, uh. Yeah, so inspired by the discovery of a star jelly, star jelly. Now, in my head, I'm thinking like actual jelly. <laughs> um, it was in uh, Pennsylvania in the 1950s. Four policemen reported to discovered a domed disc of quivering jelly. That made me laugh. I'm not going to lie. Um, six feet in diameter. And when they tried to pick it up, it dissolved into an odorless, sticky scum. Like industrial charge, discharge. Everything and about that sentence upsets me. I used some words in there, didn't I? <laughs> didn't didn't I? Um, oh, that's pleasant in every way. Yeah, and that's where the inspiration for the blob came from. Um the the one issue I have so badly with this, and like I say, I do like a little. I I, I like the idea of mystery. Like I um, I, I'm if we don't if if the director or the screenwriters don't think that we need to know certain things, I can totally respect where that decision has come from. Nothing is fucking explained <laughs> in this movie at all. Not really. No, they make assumptions, total assumptions yep. throughout this whole thing. And what kills it? What kills it? Many things, Sam, but let's see what you think. <laughs> well, there was a fuck 
indistinguishable. It was a fire distinguisher. It was called whatever the yeah. fuck is in them fire horsey thingies. It yeah, CO2. CO2. CO2, that was it. So that killed it. <laughs> the end was just genius. Ship it off to space. Yeah, go on, get rid of it. Go on. End credits. Title Send it back where it came from. Um, <laughs> I will say the one thing I found really hard about this film was the pacing. So I'm sorry. not someone, I don't like slow movies, just taste-wise. It takes some, a lot. It has to be something that grabs me for me to be able to sit through a slow film. I'm not mm. talking action from the minute it's turned on, but just pacing. It needs to, to to do something for me. You know, there needs to be a little bit of, ooh, and then drop off. And then, ooh, you know, you've got to have something. But this seemed very monotonal, even when they found it, even when they discovered the poor hobo man being eaten alive by the bloody thing on the doctor's thing. I think because it's 58 and they were alluding to it killing people, you didn't – I know you couldn't show it the way that we show things now. Mm-hmm. So they couldn't show the killing. It would have been too distressing. And I get that for the 50s, you know. But it was something, it just lacked that little bit of like, if you'd have seen a bit more than just a bloke with a rubber glove on, you know, going, oh, it's eating me alive. It just needed something to give you more than just a nurse throwing a bit of acid on it or, I don't know, it just... the pacing was just so hard to sit through. It was it was slow. When the most exciting part is the kids and the school teachers and running to the school and not being able to get into it to go and get more um, fire distinguishers, that's saying something because that had me gripped. Are they going to get there? I don't know. Are they going to get? You got to see it all though. Got to see them go there, go in, get them, come out, like, <laughs> then come back and go. There's not enough. We, we 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 got the either other policeman money the, the army guy or someone or a warden e my god what acting school did he go to same like, one as everybody else i reckon it was so wooden it was i for me it was the the pauses in between the dialogue you know like when mm. you're having a conversation with something oh, what are we doing now you there's, I know with learnt lines, it's not a natural conversation, but your job as an actor is to make it seem natural. Yeah. There was these long pauses between someone responding to something someone said. So, like, Steve would go, look over there, and everybody would go, well, oh, oh. oh there, there. You know, and it was like there was no... No. I noticed that in the scene where all the kids are together outside of the cinema. Do you know what it reminded us of? GCSE drama. <laughs> Exactly that. Exactly that. Yeah. That's what it reminded us of. GCSE drama of the kids who did drama because it was an easy, easy subject to get into and get a high mark for. I was not one. I fucking monologued that shit. I was like all over the fucking city. I was a drama kid. I went to drama I was, school, motherfucker. <laughs> um, we were quite lucky at our school. It was very much like encouraged to do arts and sports and things like that. Oh so my God, mine wasn't. Um, mine was just survive. <laughs> my my senior school was a, a tiny school. We had a farm. We were the farm school. Yeah. What? We were an inner city London farm school, um, and we had pigs and cows and like uh, there was horses on the on the, the the farm at the back, and then we had like the school out the front. And we had a huge sports centre and I was in all the sports teams and all the drama stuff. But, yeah, 
I was there. Uh, I was Sandy in Greece as well. So that's my God. My school model oh, was just go to school and survive and leave at the end of the day. Try well, only, your best. There's only 30 a year at my school. Three classes, 10, 10 to 15 kids per class, depending. Uh, and then, yeah, so there was only maybe three or 400 kids in the whole Jesus school. Jesus Christ, I witnessed someone getting stabbed in my school with a fucking compass in the back of the head. Oh, in the Loki. back of the head? No. My cat has just gone behind my desk. Yeah. This does not board well. Here, I know what's going to happen. <laughs> Did you see him earlier? He must. He, I felt like he clocked the camera because he was just staring directly at it. <laughs> he's like, no, yes. I agree. I watched the blob as well. He's probably yeah. Just he's just sitting behind me desk as long as he doesn't do anything fucking stupid. <laughs> um, he today launched himself off the window. Didn't mean to. Meant to because he's got a thing with me blinds and meant to grab the blind and instead completely missed and just flung himself off me window. Kamikaze cat. Honestly, man. Um, yeah, so, yeah, my school was fucking horrible. Um, but going was... back to Steve McQueen, you know, because <laughs> we love a tangent. But, yeah, Steve McQueen, apparently he was so difficult to work with in this this film, he was actually contracted to a three-movie deal with the, uh, um, I want to say it was Paramount that originally took this on. It ended up getting bought back out um, by Allied Pictures, but... Um, he was in a three-movie deal with them, and they literally ended the contract after this one with Stephen Queen, saying, we don't need you for any more, because well, he was did... so, so much of a nightmare to work with. Oh, he did himself a disservice there, mind, because... God. Yeah, young and starting out, though. Some people think they know better, don't they? They have a little taste, and they're like, oh, yay! I mean, yeah. I'm not that's what he was like, because I, I wasn't there, I didn't know him, but... No, I wasn't, I wasn't there. I didn't know the man. No, I didn't know, <laughs> I didn't know um, that man. Um, he he hated it that much that um, he always thought it was going to be shit. And then obviously it did went on to become one of the biggest grosser movies in the 50s and 60s. Um, but he he it got a re-release after The Tower and Inferno. Um, nice. I couldn't find any details on how much it made at the box office for the re-release. But mm -hmm. in 1977, it got a re-release. And they build it as an action disaster movie. It fucking instead isn't. Of, <laughs> instead of being a horror movie. and um, I can't even dare say it's that. Off. Yeah, put a lot of people off going and watching it because they were just like, we know we know it's not. But then again, movies weren't readily available. So if you wanted to go see one, you had to wait for it to be on the telly. Yeah. Or you had to go to the cinema to watch it. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I still cannot not hear him saying but they got the duck. Um, if you've seen the movie, you will have heard him say that line. Did you know that that amazing song that is played at the beginning of the movie, honestly, just go and watch the film for the song. Because yeah, the song... Five, five Blobs, it was called, wasn't it? The Did It or something? The guy? Yeah. The, the, do, you know, the band. do you know who wrote it? Burke Bacharach. A very unknown at the time singer-songwriter... Bert Bagarak wrote that tune, that banger. It's on my fucking playlist now. Um, it is an amazing song. It sets you up for something that is never going to fucking happen. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I mean, it did that well. It hit the Billboard charts, didn't it? And I mean, mm -hmm. that, was, no, that was, you never had movie score slash songs get into the top 100 or in, into the, 
into the music, um, yeah. you know, charts. That that didn't happen. And uh, it, it was one of the first movies to pull that off. Um, and it got really quite high for something that was supposedly uh, five men that was record that recorded it, but it was just one guy. Yeah. The vocals recorded five times in different, obviously different pitches and different harmonies and stuff. And uh, it was billed as a five-man group, the five blobs. And it was just like, <laughs> five blobs. Honestly, it. I when, it, when that song came on, I... I had a feeling of where I was going. Because I, I do, I watch a lot of old movies. The opening titles do generally mean something. Yeah. Like, they have some form of, like, sets you up, gets you gets you ready to... Officially your disappointment is what this <laughs> one did. Um, I really don't like shitting on the... I, I do have a little bit of a special place for this film. Um, but it is such a... Oh, what... It's do you know what? It's like they actually didn't give a shit. Yeah. That's what it felt like. Yeah. It felt like they had every everything put into place to have such a good creature feature film. And they just give up on the first hurdle. That's personally what it felt like. Well, this this should explain something. I mean, I hope it does. When they when they filmed it, it took 31 days to film from start to finish. The actual right. movie schedule. But the special effects that was in the movie took from six to nine months to complete. Oh, oh I don't think so, Kitty. <laughs> so it took six to nine months to do all the different blob effects and the the slime and the um, one of the effects that they did, which was shot in reverse, which was a quite a new concept, was yeah. when it was going over the diner, they showed it going and it was a cardboard cut out and they had to do all the it encasing it but they shot it in reverse so basically they'd already covered it and they'd had it tipped upside down and just yeah had it off. but then i they read about it. i read about that because it was like revolutionary yeah it was it was something they'd never done before or it was only used for a couple of things prior and it was crazy but um yeah it's yeah it had to... go on sorry no go on <laughs> Paramount only originally ordered about 200 copies to go out to the cinemas. Now, bear in mind how big America is mm. and how many cinemas. And I don't know if it was shown over here um, at, at the cinema at the time. I don't know. But they only distributed 200 original copies of the movie to be screened. And uh, as soon as they realized it was as popular as it was, they doubled that to 400 copies. So there is only in existence, apparently, they they only ever made four hundred cinema versions of the blob. So if any have survived, they are very 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 rare, and they are worth an absolute fortune. Get your like hands on it, kids. Versions, yeah. Get so. your hands on it, kids. Um, it just felt like for something that was just I don't know I don't know how to describe it because I don't want to shit on something that obviously has a fan base, even yeah. though I have just done for the past half an hour um but it's just it was so flat and it was so disappointing yeah and thank fuck it actually nearly put me off watching the 1981 i'm not gonna lie because i thought if i've got to endure that again <laughs> yeah. and then i looked at the movie poster for the 1988 one and i went fuck me that just screams 80s that's like it is it is on a picture right there i am so glad i went against everything and watched it yeah because this movie was fucking fantastic. Like, I'm not, I am not over exaggerating on how good this was. The thing about the original blob, 
Because if you look at the two movies, the original one is an alien falling from space in a meteor. The second one is a man-made virus. So they chose to yeah. change the separate. the separate uh, separate it from the movie a little bit, um, which I think helped it. Um, but I did read somewhere that you know the the famous um, astrophysicist Neil is it Neil deGrasse Tyson? Oh, yeah, yeah, Neil he, deGrasse Tyson. He turned around and he said, "It the Blob is his favorite alien movie because it's the most likely to happen. Like a mass would come down as a bacterial entity rather than an actual alien. It would be an all sit, all knowing, all all." functioning mass of goo it wouldn't be like a fully formed gray alien that we know and he said it's the most probable so therefore it, the blob is one of his favorite films when it comes to the alien genre because he says it's the most likely i buy that man and now he said that that scares the shit out of me so if you see anything that looks like jelly on the floor don't touch it don't touch it don't I touch mean, it but i i did like the change though no don't touch it just don't <laughs> so fucking leave it <laughs> Don't even try and sniff it. Just leave it alone. Um, I love the fact that they changed it. Yeah. From Alien, because there was no, nothing was fleshed out. This yeah. this fleshes it out. Makes um, a lot more sense. It does. It really does. But the minute this came on, and I'm not joking, this is without, I watched, I watched this while I was at work. And, but the minute I saw the opening thing, I went, home, holy shit. I hadn't read anything. I went, this scream Frank's screams Frank Darabont to me. Yeah. Instantly. And then fucking Jeremy Je- Ugh, can't talk it too excited. Jeffrey Demon. Demon? Demon? Yeah. Deal yeah. from The Walking Dead, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Popsy's chops in. And I went, oh my God, this has to have something to do with Frank Darabont because that man does not move without him. Yeah. Um, and then I went and read, he wrote the screenplay for it. And I was like, I fucking knew it. The look, the aesthetic is just him all over. Which then leads to the two other connections. You've got Chuck Russell, who wrote, who directed this version. Mm-hmm. And he's worked with um, Frank on many, many projects. Um, he also did, Chuck Russell was famous for the one of the best Freddies, in my opinion, it's there's two that are the best, the original and Dream Warriors, which is the third one. You can't and you can't do Dream Warriors without Dream Warriors. <laughs> you can't. But yeah, it's it's that's all it's always been my favourite Freddy of of the lot. I mean, like I say, the first one comes close, but I I think three pips it a little bit more for me because it's just ridiculous. But um he Chuck Russell was the director of that as well. So that was that connection. And also there is the Stephen King connection that comes in with Frank Darabont because obviously he's done The Mist. He did The Stand. Um, and Shawshank also- Redemption, The Green Mile. Yeah. yeah the list goes up. And guess yeah. what? Deals in all of them. Yeah. And so is uh, in The Stand, the heroine in this movie who yes. took uh, me by fucking surprise. It was like, I went, that isn't. And I kept looking and I'm like, it is. Because in my head, she is not old enough to be 19 in 1998. <laughs> it just, it does not compute. She was 34 when we first, everybody in the. Sorry, in- I've just had to move this cat because I can <laughs> see me camera wire 
moving and he's gonna I'm fucking gonna kill them. She was 34 when when Saw come out. Yeah. 34. 34. We're talking about Miss Shawnee Smith. Shawnee. Yep. Shawnee Smith. Amanda Young of the Saw movie quadrilogy to do the anthology. Still in it to do. Exactly. And she's 53 now, 54. Was that a spoiler for Saw 10? Nah. 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 She's never been she's never been killed off yet, has she? So Nah. Oh, actually, in saying that, I thought she did die in one of them, but she didn't, did she? So clearly not. Nah. nah. But um yeah, if you look at the cast list for this, though, you've got Shawnee Smith, mm. Matt Dillon's brother, Kevin Dillon. You've got Dale from The Walking Dead. You've yep. got, and I'm, I'm going to call this man by the name that I know him, not his real name because I've forgotten it and I didn't write it down. Melty Cop Killer Man from Robocop. Guy, guy cannot catch a fucking break. <laughs> <laughs> Erica Elenak in it from Baywatch, one of the Baywatch girls, who in that scene when he's... Rohypno in her or whatever the hell he's doing. I'm so glad that came back and bit him in the ass. And did you see the icon himself? Mr. Bill Mosley was in it. Yep. You've got to pay attention. You know when they're in the sewer mm-hmm. and there's that guy in the suit and he's screaming at them and they're trying to get out? That's Bill. That's Bill. Jaw literally dropped. I'm going to send you because I screenshot it. Not for the fact (laughs) that I've got a cat on my foot trying to attack my toes. My God, no, I didn't notice. I'm going to send you a picture of it now so you can see what I'm talking about. uh, Yeah, it it was. I was really surprised when I saw that. I was like, no, it isn't. Will you get off my wires? But, um, yeah, I, I was like, that isn't. So I went back and checked, and it, it was. He's on IMDb. Yeah, that is him. Yeah. That's Chop Chop. <laughs> it literally looks like Chop Chop. <laughs> if you so, can't see Bill's hair, it's always going to be Chop Chop. <laughs> but then also, it's got Alan Frog from Lost Boys in it. He was the usher, you know, Eddie's brother. That was Alan oh, Frog. Oh, my God. So Lost Boys came out the year before, 87? Yeah. So eighty eight, this was filmed, and he 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 was the brother of Eddie. So you're looking at that, and you're going through, going by today's standards, that's that's quite a. And obviously, I think it's Candy Kane was in it. Um, she was the uh, diner. She was the lady who ran the diner, and Candy Kane has quite a big history in movies as well. You know, so it was like you're going through, going bloody hell, this is a who's who of who's who of fair. Uh... People who haven't yet made it and people who have made it, you know. If anyone wants to watch my head explode, it's going to happen in about a few <laughs> seconds' time. Because I they have never I don't they have never in their time bothered with this area. Oh well, don't bothering. know why they're starting tonight. It's because you're not paying attention, isn't it? Fucking assholes. <laughs> um <laughs> I want to go through some scenes that are like kind of fresh in my yeah. head. Um, the <laughs> the scene where he's telling his mum he's going to go and see a, a slasher film. Can't believe he's just done that. Brave. <laughs> we got we fucking Ector one now. Um, he just broke me Ector one. Oh, shits, get out. Um. Yeah, the scene with the slash where he's saying to his mum, I'm going to go and see a slasher film. And she's just going, yeah, okay. 
And then she's she she doesn't put up any form of fight, even though he's like, but it doesn't have sex or drugs in it. It's just a slasher film. <laughs> I'm like, parenting in the 80s. In the 80s, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was the it was the Eddie. I he was a gobby kid. They set you up to dislike him immediately, which Instantly. I thought was a good idea because of obviously the outcome of what happens to him. But like he was an unlikable little shit with his headphones on the whole time. So I was like. Why watch a film with headphones on? That really annoyed us. And then dare tell someone to shut up. <laughs> it's the eighties of it all, isn't it? I, I didn't. I didn't get that. That scene tickled my funny bone. Hooking scene in the car. Now, can I just say this movie has been reclassified as from like a um, an alien invasion movie, so to speak, mm-hmm. um, to the nineteen eighty eight one becoming a more like. Body horror. Uh, oh my god, yes. <laughs> there's some scenes in it that are absolutely disturbing as shit. And for the 80s to be able to pull off mm-hmm. the special effects that they managed to do in 1988, if you watch that high def version, there's no mistakes. You don't see like a bit of string and a, a bit of cardboard operating anything. It's absolutely just so well done. The makeup in it is unreal. Um, I'll get to that in a second. I just, yeah. I need to get this out. I need to yeah. get this out of my head. That fucking car, that boot, the boot with his with his bar in his boot. We had fucking strawberries and alcohol and date rape drugs and date Yes, yes. <laughs> right. Why was she? Why was she asleep? Had he already given it to her? Did I miss something? Well, no, because I think he just plied her with so much booze at that point because he kept going on about oh. You can have another cherry cooler. You know they're so good for me. And she's like, please. And she said, no, I'm tired. It was all I heard her say. So it's like open wow. to interpretation by today's standard. But by those standards, he probably just like gave her too much to drink. By today's standards, we're going, he stuck some sherbet in that, didn't he? You know? Yeah. Wiser, but, that, um, was, that was that was a something scene. The, that was hard to the, watch. Yeah, it was. I'm not yeah. going to lie. It was very uncomfortable. Um, there was the scene with the condoms was hilarious. And then it turns out that the person he said he was buying them for shows up at his, the person he bought it from's house, yeah. which was so funny. Um, there's loads in my head and they're probably just going to keep coming to us because I have literally just come off the back of watching it. And I really enjoyed it. The first thing I did was like text you and say, well, that was fucking amazing. <laughs> It's, Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> no, and and with the difference between this one and the 58 one, I know 30 years has passed, so you can yeah. get a lot away with a lot more in cinema at, in 88 than you could in, in 58, but they showed the kills, and the kills were some of the most inventive things I've seen in a long time, which is daft, really, considering it's 1988 and we're in 2024. But watching the, the 88 one for the first time and seeing how they chose to kill off a lot of people, I'm sitting there going, they got it. They could do it in 88. Why the hell can't they do it in 2024? Blumhouse, I'm speaking to you. <laughs> but um, yeah, can I just, case in point, Night Swim. Next. But yeah. Oh, well, thank you. I don't need to watch it now. Um, because I do trust your opinion. <laughs> um, but the, oh gosh, what was I going to say? The kills. Yes. What got me was you don't really realize what it's doing. No. And at first, and what what it really, really hit us was when they turn someone around. So you don't see one side, and then you turn them around where, the, where this goo has hit them, and it's like, 
oh acid kind of burns them that's what they were away and uh it was poor george in the cat poor george doing the washing up trying to unblock the sink that was that was i was like what the how the my god that was thing could fucking move the one in the 58 one could yeah. like you could outrun that you could leave town and be gone and not even have to think about <laughs> yeah. it because that fucker ain't Come coming back. after you anytime too soon yeah. this one can move and that's what made it even more scarier is the fact yeah. of and how fast it can move it had thought it knew it knows yeah. to open things it wasn't just trying to like oh it was just so fucking clever they did initially want to change the color yeah, which from red to green, little bit though. Well, what they did wasn't it was it's genius. So they they, they said they wanted to change to green. They had a whole conversation, and obviously they said they didn't want to change from the iconic color. Yeah, we want to have some form of like resemblance to what we you know where it came from. So this started off when you first see it, it's clear. Yeah, so and then it. Tr- and then it changes with the blood of its victims, and it gets redder and redder and redder. And I thought. Oh, that is fucking genius. It gives so much context to it because you get fuck all in the first one. I am not joking. <laughs> you get nothing. No explanation. You, you don't pick up on anything because you've got nothing to, there's no narrative to sort of explain it. I mean, you know it's absorbing people in the 58 one, but it doesn't lend to the fact that your brain will go, oh, yeah, it's, it's red because it's absorbed humans. It, it doesn't go there with the first no. one. But in this one, it's still, you get it a bit more because the body horror element comes in with the tentacles and then you've got faces of the people it's brought in. You know, they're still sort of in the the blob, the faces. They're still there. (laughs) Yeah. The bit with Dale as well from The Walking Dead, you know, like that was unexpected. You didn't see that kill coming. Mm -mm. But that looked, it looked absolutely mental. And I went, Whoa, I wasn't expecting that, you know. It well, was like, I kind of was in a way because he never makes it out of a Frank Darabont yeah. film. The <laughs> only one I think he did is Prison Ones, which was the Green Mile and Shawshank. Mm. But if he's doing like proper full on horror, he ain't, he ain't making it out. <laughs> I knew but Deal's it, fate before it even happened. <laughs> but the thing was, they hadn't even set it up like he was gonna get killed. It was literally, he was just leaving yeah. the sheriff's station. And next thing you know, he's dead. And it was just like, you know, it didn't seem to sit. The only problem I have with this film is it was a flop. Oh, it had a, yeah, it had a budget of $10 million to be made. Oh, it was massively, massively over what the 58 one had. And the box office itself, it only took $8.2 million. So you're talking, it, it cost $26.7 million to make by today, and they only made $21.9 million by today. But it took back then in 88 a loss of 1.8 million. Um, so it was a bit of a shameful, like, yeah, to be part of at the time because it was considered a flop, you know. Oh, it's such a shame. And do you know what will be really sad is that a lot of people won't go and watch it now. They need to see this one. They need I, to see I, this movie. <laughs> I've never, I, I don't get passionate that often about films uh-uh. anymore because I, I think I am just. Oh, that's so, a lie I do all the time. No, but I, I get to the point where I've seen my favourites so much that I don't need to get passionate about them anymore because, you know, you get to a point where you're just like, that is what it is. And if people don't accept it, never mind. Exactly. But when you watch something for the first time and it, it hits different, 
and then you realize like all the things fall in place and you go this was made in 88 mm -hmm. and how can i feel like this is a, a a brand new kind of movie that's come out even though yeah. it's on on the face of things when you sit there and you go it's a blob it's like a body horror it's a bit like the thing um all those things considered it had a strong female lead in it it had um you know, it, it had the Rebel Without a Cause character. You had the pervy little fuck that got his comeuppance. You know, you yeah, get... Yeah, did he? Uh, uh, you get all these things that happen in this movie. And it dared to go somewhere which most movies don't. It dared to show you. It, it dared. killed a kid. It did. They killed a kid in this. Now, it don't happen much. You know, even by today's standards, yes, okay, sometimes this happens. But in 88... They showed a full-on melted Jason Voorhees, Ari Lehman coming out of the water, getting on top of the boat at the end of bloody Friday the 13th. You know, it had that vibe to it for me. Um, this kid come out of the water and he was melted because he'd been attacked by the um, by the blob underwater. This thing fucking swam. This, oh, this yeah. This did, this did, nothing, nothing stopped it. <laughs> and it was just like, I'm sitting there going, it grossed me out because when they went down into the water, they actually got it right. And I went straight to I went straight to it and I went straight to Eddie Kasparak Ooh. because I was like, oh, grey water. And there's that whole speech he does about grey water in 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 Penny uh, in in it. Uh, when they're going into the in the sewers and he's going, Oh, grey water, you know, you can get infections and all this sort of stuff when he's walking through it. They're, they're like chest me? deep in the grey water, and I was like, what? <laughs> it was it was the rat. I was like, that is perfectly placed to show me that some fucking thing is coming very, very soon. Um, that was They're really gazebos. like... Gazebos. Gazebos. <laughs> it was so painful. Um, what was I going to say? The rat. character of... No, the character of um, Brian, Kevin Dillon. Yes. Very fucking likeable. Yes. Really likeable. Um, loved his Loved his energy. Loved his compassion. Loved the fact that he called the government out on their bullshit and held a gun to their face. Hated his mullet. But, you know. There's some choices, some choices. But he was a really likeable character. And so was the female lead as well. I I Mate. got... Mate, I love the fact that she was very, very mousy. Yeah, and that didn't stay. That did, she didn't just turn into this all-round action hero. She still kept that kind of sensitive, sweet, mousy persona yeah. about her throughout the whole film, and I fucking love that. I don't mind a woman showing her strength, but she doesn't have to show it by becoming Lara Croft halfway through a movie. <laughs> she can do it in like just being herself, and that is exactly what you got from this lead. And I love what they did with setting you up with this movie because you think it's going one way at the beginning. You're like, okay, you've seen the original, um, yeah. you know, the Steve McQueen character. You think, right, okay, it's going to be those two and this is what's going to happen. But no, no, they kill off the Steve McQueen character in, in the 88. He's gone. And the way he goes, oh, that actor had it tough in that, that, that scene. Basically, it's like he gets sort of swallowed by the blob. Yeah, whoever cool. did the special attack the effects on it when they were pulling the silicone away from him, it was it's the no the piggy nose he gets like when he's reaching out for her and it's just like you can see he's <laughs> taking a hell of a beating when they're trying to you know when they're showing this thing and then he turns obviously into a melted 
That's when she pulls his arm. <laughs> and it comes off. Oh. It's just laying there going. Ah! <laughs> did, did you know that Chad McQueen, the son of Steve McQueen, was actually offered the part of Brian? Yes. And he turned it down because he doesn't like to do anything that is has been or is inspired by his dad. So yeah. he was like, no, thank you. And I'm kind of like, I, I actually don't know who Chad McQueen is. Don't know if he's a good actor or not. But I don't want to lose that Brian. He was in The Karate Kid. He was a member of Johnny's... Um, oh, the actual Karate Kid, the real Karate the Kid. The real original Karate Kid movie. Um, you had Johnny's team, obviously, Cobra Kai, and he was in Cobra Kai with Johnny, yeah. and he was one of the with- bullies in Johnny's... Um, <laughs> Group Chad McQueen, so he we, we might have guy. to we might have to agree to disagree with the whole bullying kind of thing because in my eyes Johnny is the the actual Karate Kid. No, but Daniel, you know, Daniel Russo can go and fuck off. <laughs> he has his moments, um, but yeah, in, <laughs> but yeah, I know who you mean. It, he was the big guy in the group, um, and that's Chad McQueen, and he was a lot bigger than his dad, stockier, and he had like a presence. Um, Bear in mind, he did look like a 40-year-old man beating up a 12-year-old child, even though we know Ralph Macchio was 30 at the time when it was being filmed. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, he's he can definitely... But he can pull that off. There's certain people who yeah. can pull that off, and he was one of them. Um, I don't... Then it, the way he, I got it in my head, and I can see him kind of vaguely, I can't... I don't think he would have done this part any good. No. And, no. I, and I'm saying that because Kevin Dillard was fucking amazing. I mean, I a lot of people... People know him for Blue Bloods. Now, I haven't seen Blue Buds, Bloods, but I know he's in Blue Buds. And um, obviously, I know him as Matt Dillon's brother. I always have done, you know, something about Mary, Matt Dillon. He looks exactly like him. Exactly. Um, <laughs> apart from the mullet. Um, but <laughs> the <laughs> Kevin Dillon, I have a relationship with Kevin Dillon's face that sometimes I don't like to look at it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. And I don't know why. You know, you just have certain people you struggle to to, to look yeah. at. And I, I don't know why he didn't do anything wrong. It's not his face. It's not his fault. His face is that way. And, you know, um, I think it was when he was getting angry. I was just like, oh. <laughs> the one thing I loved about this movie was the cinema scene. So in the original, that cinema scene with the fake movie, is it a fake movie or was it a real it, movie? It was a fake movie. It, yeah. it was a fake movie. That's right. But they did do something with it later on that I read. Um, there was something taken and made into. That's a whole different, whole mm. different fucking conversation. But the the cinema scene where it it squeezes slowly through the back of the cinema and everyone yeah. manages to escape because of the fucking speed that this thing is moving at. Played out the same in the remake with another fake movie, which obviously is very inspired by Jason Voorhees, which was fucking fantastic, but done in the same style as well as Mm. the original from the 58, which I truly loved. But the only difference in this one is no fucker was escaping because that bitch can move. Mm. I love the difference in the two. I really do. I know that scene is so iconic when everyone's running out of the cinema to a town that actually looks like nobody lives in. Yeah. Um, which is what they did with the with the opening of this one. They made it look like a town that nobody lives in, but everyone was at the football game. Yeah. That's then it was like I'm sure they did that on purpose because that town looked like a fucking ghost town. It did. 
in the 58 one. Um, but I loved, I loved the fact that they used that cinema scene within their movie, but did it how it was meant to be fucking done. That was fucking terrifying. Nobody is seeing that coming out the back. No. Do you look over your shoulder when you're in the cinema? No, you look forward, don't you? I always look back. <laughs> I'm always looking. I I went to I went to a cinema experience. I went to see Lord of the Rings. One of my occasions, I went to see Lord of the Rings. I was very inebriated, <laughs> and I spent the entire time looking for the exits. And ever since that day, I always look for the exits. I always have to make sure I know my surroundings. I know who's sitting behind us. Um, but yeah, you do look forward. Yeah. And I just love the fucking speed that this thing went at. The When they filmed it, it was predominantly filmed in stop-go animation and puppetry, this thing. So all the tentacles were puppets. Yes! Uh, and practical! The stop, exactly. The stop-go parts were... Uh, I read it. They were silk bags filled with methyl cellulose. Yeah, uh, methyl cellulose is something you find in milkshakes. Um, yeah, I'm really glad you said that word because the slime and the juice is made of the <laughs> and it's the thickening ingredient in milkshakes. I wrote words down I can't pronounce today. Oh, I write it down right. This is the, the, the way I do it. If it's a word that I'm I, I, I don't know how to pronounce, I pronounce I write it phonetically. So I, I know how to pronounce it because I've written it how my head thinks it's... it Lessons learned. So <laughs> I learned to do that a long time ago. Lessons learned. But yes, the, the thickening ingredient in milkshake. Yeah, which was... And the special effects, if I'm right, was done by Tony Gardner. Yes. And uh, Tony Gardner is famous for now, Zombieland. Um, but Tony Gardner also was the guy who designed Daft Punk's helmets. Oh, so he's got a bit of a snap. yeah, he's got a bit of a repertoire as Tony. Um, that's a hell of a iconic duo, you know. To, to yeah, you you can picture it instantly. Yeah, I can picture I exactly it. What they look like. I mean, I know they're bike helmets, but still, they're a bit more spangly than just bike helmets. So, well, you could say Slipknot's masks are just a rubber <laughs> mask, but it's not. It's, it's, art- it's artistry. Um, there was a cut scene. Was there? There was a cutscene in this movie with the creature going down the street. Right. Cut out the movie, but not unused. Because right. it made its appearance in Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> Secret. Right. <laughs> Isn't that that was one of my favorite things that I wrote down today? Didn't elaborate on a lot, but it was used in Ghostbusters 2. I think I can see it in my head as well. Yeah, I think I can see the scene where it's rolling down the street, yeah. Mm. Yep, used in Ghostbusters 2. Because obviously, if you look at the the goo and the ooze from Ghostbusters 2, the colouring is very, very similar and could be changed up easily enough in in edit. So if we want to go weirdly canon, the blob from 1988 powered the Statue of Liberty... For them to be able to defeat yes. Vigo. Hi, <laughs> Vigo. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Kim, this. Oh, I command you. Oh, command me, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about 
the way he plays that character is just fantastic. Oh, it is absolutely it, brilliant. Janos, oh, what yeah. a guy. Honestly, it makes just, that movie for me. Oh, come on, my lord. It's like, <laughs> but he was great in Dracula Dead and Loving It. He was the yeah, Renfield character. Yeah. Yes, he was really good. I love him. I can never remember his name, though. It, I think it's Peter something. Oh, uh, he was a, he was an Ali McBeal for a long time. Oh like, God, yeah, he was the um. Would you now in nowadays he would probably be classed as autistic, yeah. But he was very just classed as the strange one. Yeah, the weird one. Yeah, yeah. But he was a genius at what he did. Oh yeah, he's so good. So um, in our world, the blob is connected to Ghostbusters too. There you go. Yeah. Done. There's, there, there's a connection. Um, yeah, I. Thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Um, someone didn't though. New Line turned it down and said, "You'll you'll be happy though because they took Dream Warriors instead." Can't moan at that, but yeah, I did. It's been a long time since I've watched a film that I've just walked away from and really enjoyed from start yes. to finish. They did such good things with this film in the respect of that. It was nothing like the original, but it had some sort of spirit of the original. It, it was weird. The setup was the same, you know, in, in the predominance of the, it was going to be a man and a woman uh, and then a big blob and they're trying to escape it. And then there's government people that come in because they changed the storyline from it, from it being an alien to a man-made thing. And that basically the government had chosen this town to, to let loose this thing on. Um, but it, I knew it would be different from the minute they pulled back the sheet off of the hobo guy. In the original, he just turned into a blob. There was He had a bit of a blob here and then some blob on his stomach in the original, and then you never saw him again. Um, in this one, it had dissolved the guy from the chest down. He had no legs. We're talking full bishop from Alien. Like, everything was hanging out. And I was just like, ah, oh, right, I get where we're going with this now. That's, this, that's, this. That's, that's different. That's, yeah. that's very different. And and from that moment on, I was like, I was well invested. I was like, yeah, I like where this is going. I, I'm, you know, The makeup I'm, was absolutely fantastic in it. But the end part, so these guys in hazmat suits come in and act like they're the good guys. We're the good guys. We'll come to save the day. And Brian, the hero, figures it all out. They're not there. And mm-hmm. comes out with a fucking gun and hauls it to each and every one. First time ever I've seen a proper Mexican standoff. Because <laughs> it was the everyone was pointing at him. Yeah. Including the policeman who was the the guy from, guy from Robocop. Yeah. Melty guy from Robocop. And then all of a sudden, somebody moves, he moves his gun to him. So another person moves his gun to him. And it's like just going, who's gonna shoot who's and you just don't know. And then someone falls. Shoots the policeman in the arm and it just fucking kicks off from there. And the main good guy, that was horrific. Yeah. I felt his body, I felt his body leave that suit. Yeah, I mean, when you when you start watching and the the way the the melty cop killer from Robocop died, folded in half, Hold on his back, like a toasty, his leg. Yeah, we're talking full on concertina. Go on. Through the envelope, through the, the through the thing, the bookshelf he was next to. Um, it was just one of those things where everything they seemed to get right, even the casting of the creepy vicar, he made me feel uncomfortable. The first second I saw him, I was like, "Oh no, 
I don't know it was Quentin Tarantino at first. It, it was the gap in the teeth. Nope. The, the, the whole vibe that... I'm not saying people with gap in the teeth are by any means creepy. No, it was the vibe he, that it was everything you could think tell. <laughs> I used to have one, but I had braces. Um, <laughs> everything you could tell had been purposely chosen. But yeah. this man, like the, the thick of the glasses, the greasiness of his hair, the, he, I he, don't know, he just. He looked like something that Frank Darabont could only dream above. This is what I meant at the beginning when I was talking about this movie. This, this just oozes. If you've watched or been a fan of Frank's work, you know his his little niches and bits, and this character is him to a T. I generally thought it was Quentin Tarantino at first. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I the other day I played Amazon uh, Amazon Prime Roulette, and I started with one movie, and it goes on to a next one if you don't click off it straight away. So I just played roulette all day and watched some kind of good films but little nicky came up okay. <laughs> and the priest is obviously quentin tarantino who's screaming you know hellfire is burning me alive <laughs> um it looked a little bit like him i'm not yeah gonna lie. the thing um, was though the priest set up for the sequel the priest yeah. the sequel set up guy and yeah. they they actually spoke to john carpenter to do direct the se- sequel Interesting. It's never happened. Oh, oh, that would have been interesting. He's quite good at like creature. Well, I mean, we're talking about thing. John Carpenter here. We're talking about the thing. We are talking about the man, the pioneered body horror at that point in time. You know, he brought it to the forefront with the thing. Um, that would have been amazing. But I think for John, John doesn't have a comedic undertone in many of his movies. Mm. I love no. John and what John does is chef's kiss. He's, you know, he bought the world some amazing, mm. amazing villains and monsters. And, you know, he is, he's a God among men when it comes to that. James Wood's pants, you know. <laughs> I just can't see how he would have continued the same balance in the film yeah i think it would have gone super serious and oh yeah 100 i don't think it needed to go there frank and chuck did something between the two of them when they wrote this that i don't know it was just a recipe for success It It, it it just i don't know why it flopped i can't fathom why it flopped because obviously people weren't going to the cinema at that point or People are like, oh, it's just a remake. I don't want to watch it. Like, we all do. I mean, to be fair, every time I see something remade, I'm like, oh, remaking something. No original ideas, you know. And there's me now going, oh, this remake was way better than the original. I know, isn't it? It, it Honestly, it's it wasn't I, – I wasn't going to watch it. I was, I was dreading doing this episode. I was – initially, when we said we were going to do it, I was excited because it's yeah. something that I've not delved into before, something different. Yeah, let's do it. Let's push some boundaries kind of thing. And then when I watched the first one, I went, oh, fuck me. How are we going to do a whole episode based on this? Like, no. And I was, I was very tempted just to say, fuck it. I'll read some notes up. I'll – bullshit me way through it like I have done on so many different occasions before and I thought no no watch it it's on fucking YouTube like there's no excuse you don't have to go and look for it or anything and oh my god I'm so glad I did instantly from that from the minute that TriStar picture comes up I'm like fuck yes get in let's do this 
I think I think it should it deserves some sort of 4K Blu-ray fucking oh. special edition with interviews with all the cast members that are surviving. You know, you're talking. It's got a hell of a list, like we said at the beginning. Shawnee Smith, Amanda Young from the Saw movies. You've got the guy Dale from The Walking Dead. You've got, um, I'm sure his name's Paul something, the the melty policeman from Robo, uh, the melty guy from Robocop. He's still going to have that title though. That is forever what he's going to be. Mm. And uh, you've got, like I said, then there's Erica Elenak from Baywatch. You know, she was one of the biggest Baywatch babes at the time. You know, um, then he had like, like I said, there was just character Bill Mosley for God's sake, one after another after another coming out of this and. I mean, for this to get a re-release now, and I think for people to go and watch it that think that the 58 blob is a bit uh, bit naff, a bit shit, mm. go watch the 88 one and your mind will completely change about this movie because it is a different film, but it's the same film. Yeah. It's been a long time since we've done an episode where the pair of us at the beginning just said, I'm so fucking excited to talk about this. <laughs> like, don't get us wrong. We get excited about this subject about it because we fucking picked it. We were like, we, do you know what I mean? We picked the, we picked the topics yeah. and I didn't know how, I didn't know how it was going to go. Yeah. I really didn't until I messaged you and I just went, fuck me. That was brilliant. You're like, wasn't it? <laughs> Cause I watched the episode, our Dracula episode went out Monday. So mm. I watched the original straight afterwards. And I just kept thinking I could get up and make a cup of tea and, and he would have only walked three more steps down the road. You know, I was I just like, be at the school. I, I honestly was just like proper doing this all the way through it. Cause it just wasn't, it, it couldn't keep my attention. And yes, I admit I have watched so many movies these days. I'm probably incredibly spoiled, but I don't mind a slow burner if it's a psychological thriller or, there's reasons for it and there's substance, but that was the problem with the original for there me. Was nothing. It, there was just nothing. There was no substance. There was no subplots. There was no, oh, is this happening? Is it misdirection? Obviously, because of the 58 of it all. So I get that. But mm-hmm. what they did with the 88 one and what Frank did and Chuck did blew my little mind because I will say for the first time in my entire life, I take back what I say about a remake just for this movie, just, just for this movie, because I usually say that they're not worth doing. You did say one. last week that you kind of give them a little bit of a chance because you kind of like. I do. I, I always think, you, you just know, I don't, it's FOMO, isn't it? You don't want to miss out if it is good. Totally. You, yes, you are. hundred. Yeah, you're right. So I always give them a chance. And Black Christmas has been the nearest one to a remake, you know, the the the. <sighs> So 2000 and whatever nine remake that they yeah. did for me was the closest to a, a decent a really good remake of the original didn't take away from the original still love the original. totally different movie to the remake mm-hmm. but the same thing whereas this same same principle for me can't take away from the original the remake was done differently but i will say in this in this on this occasion the remake took a huge steaming pile of crap over the original. And for that, I eat my words about remakes. <laughs> Just on this occasion. Just honestly, on this- honestly, it's on YouTube. Go and watch it. Give this movie some fucking love. One hour it really does it. Honestly, it you will not be disappointed. It the, the substance in it, the context in it, the 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 fucking kills man if you're just looking for kills that is unreal honestly i cannot i have not been this excited about a film 
that we were doing for this episode that was new to watch mm-hmm. something you know something I didn't have to rehash or, since Pet Cemetery because I fucking love Bloodlines and I think that's got a lot to do with it we for this podcast we focus on people that you know obviously are the, the villains the monsters that's the whole point of this mm-hmm. so we go to movies that we know that people well we presume people will want to hear about like your Pennywise is like yeah Jigsaw's like your Phantom of the Opera's like your Invisible Man's you know the list goes on we go mm-hmm. to those immediately but we've seen those films yeah we've seen those films before and I think I want to say this is the first time going into a podcast where I've watched a movie that I've never seen before for me hmm that I've seen the original blob I'd seen the 58 blob at some point I know I knew I had when I was watching it but the remake I had never ever seen before and I was just it was so refreshing to mm-hmm. sit and watch a film and be engrossed in it and then want to talk about it and get really giddy about it because you think it's you've discovered something new. You haven't. Yeah, you, you like, haven't. It's been up a fucking 30-year-old year. Like, no, <laughs> you haven't. years old, you know. I haven't, but I feel like I have now because I feel mm-hmm. like I can go back and watch it and it will be just as good as the first time I watched it. And, yeah. I, and I haven't watched it to death, so it's really nice. It's like when we do next week's, I won't say what it is, but when we do next week's, I feel like I am, it's going to be a lot to do. <laughs> but it's a well-established villain, horror yeah. movie monster, you know, so you know, you've got preformed ideas, you've seen the movies hundreds of times, so it's not going to be anything new going into watching them. No. If you get absolutely. what I mean. So Absol- it's been, Absolutely. Um, it's so I'm nice to watch a movie like this and go, Ooh! Oh yes, it's exciting. Um, Anth, Anth rang us on his break. He's at work tonight, and he rang us on his break. And I was telling him about it, and I was like, "He goes right. Um, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go. Literally, like instantly as I started talking about it." And he went, oh, "I was like, all right, I'll just bore the tits off you tonight when you come in." He went, "Looking forward to it, Sam. I'll see you later." <laughs> I was like, oh, he knows it well. You like it. I'm going to make him watch it because I generally think he will love He loves Frank Darabont. So I yeah. know he's going to get on this straight away because you just, there's such a, such a feel about it. And I know I've banged on about it, but honestly, you do get that kind of like warm, like, you know where you are, you know whose universe that you're in. So you kind of have a, like an expectation of what's going to happen. Not fully, because fuck me, I just, the kills, I just can't get over how fuck, when she turns the woman over in the cinema, and you, all you see is just the side of her face, and you turns her over just to, just to make sure. Yeah. And I'm fucking face There's nothing left. There's nothing there. That it is done so well. Um, everything is executed really, really well. I mean, for $10 million budget, you bloody well hope it would be. But for, for 1988 and the plastic and the, the strings and the cheap CGI of it all, none of that touched it. You, you didn't see any of that no. at all. No. So it was it was it was just a, a real well done movie, in my opinion, anyway. No, whatever it's, that's worth. Well, it's worth a lot to me. Um, <laughs> well, I totally and hundred percent agree with you. Have we got any more, or are we putting the to bed oh that sounded oh, awful it doesn't you can't see it any other way no no <laughs> please honestly i'm urging you once again go and watch it it it's on like i said a million times before it's on youtube just go and give it some love you will 
And if you haven't watched it for a long time, go and watch it again. Watch it with fresh eyes. Watch it with your now older eyes and just see the magic that is in front of you. <laughs> and just remember, it powered mm -hmm. the Statue of Liberty. And it, it, it's, it, it engulfed the, I think it was the Museum of Natural, like the Museum of, what was it? The it was Natural the History Museum in, in well, Ghostbusters. Yeah, because where all the art is, isn't it? Yeah, like... it went, yeah. <laughs> what building it was. Been, like, my brain's just like powering down now. But yeah, it um, saved the world basically. Yes, on New Year's Eve. So it may be a villain now, but uh, I think after it's lived in the sewer for a couple of years, down in the down there, it, it sort of chills out a bit and decides to be a good guy instead. I reckon saves the, saves the world. Yeah. So next week. <laughs> Dan alluded earlier that he is a very well-established monster. He is a very well-established monster. He is one of the big hitters. If I had a keyboard, I'd play you the theme tune. The theme tune. Um, <laughs> yes, he is a massive hitter. Um, we have only done one of his like before. Clue number one. Is he going to knock... A reigning kill count champion off his winning streak. I reckon the blob's up there, though. I will say this 1988 blob. I didn't even get a kill count. No, I, I will look into it, but I'm sure the blob's up there just to go back. Oh, we'll have a look and uh, we'll get back to you on the kill count. But next week is the one, the only Michael Myers. I feel like I should do. I need a bush just. To... Uh. <laughs> I was gonna. I was. Oh man, I'm. This is how tired I am. I was gonna say he is the the Shatner wearing oil <laughs> suit loving. Oh yes, we're going there, guys. We are <laughs> he, honestly like uh, with it, when it comes to like his kind of like iconic structure mm -hmm. jason is the only one who kind of like meets up to him in a way of, of what we've already done yes. would you say of what we've already covered yeah yeah I think we we try we're trying to pace ourselves with the with the big guys because there are so many movies when you tackle one of these guys and yeah. we only have seven days <laughs> yeah from like when we 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 do this on a thursday to then, I have all the promotion to do for this, and then I have Sunday's episode to do, so I need to watch whatever is there for Sunday, and then I have to think about monsters before going into Thursday again. I'm gonna rely on on what I have already seen, <laughs> um, which is honestly, you, I could do this. I could, I rec could record this tomorrow. Yeah, I, I mean, really could. Yeah. It, 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 he's not a um, he's. I'm not going to say he's going to be an easy one to talk about because I feel like there's going to be so much to talk about. There are so many movers to cover. 48. But... <laughs> what? No, there is a, there's a lot. <laughs> I was going to say it's like 48, but we will have a bit of help, won't we? We will. We have a very special guest joining us next week. We have our esteemed leader, Paul, coming to join us and talk about Michael Myers because if I didn't, we probably wouldn't be friends anymore. 
I know Michael is one I'm of his number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> I know Michael is one of his favorites. I know he was he is going to fit in well with our our factoids. He did really good on the itch one, so he knows what to expect. Which is our most successful one still to date. So, so yeah. So But yeah, next week's gonna be an interesting one. This week has been an absolute fucking blast. I generally didn't see that one coming. Oh, I like being blindsided. Let's do more of those. Yes. Well, that's what it is. This this season two is all about taking some risks when it comes to our viewing because it's very easy. Like we say, we could record Michael Myers tomorrow and think nothing of it because we've seen it a fucking million times. But maybe if we watched, started doing something that we hadn't seen a hundred million times and yeah. really like kind of dipped our toes into some unusual, because there is some fucking unusual creature monster movies out there. We've got a long list. I mean, I've I've started going through now by... <laughs> Not by year, but by sort of like subgenre. So, like, you got your black and whites, and then I've I've started putting in like the sixties B movies. You know, I'm I'm going from like freaks to Plan Nine from Outer Space to, <laughs> to White yes. Zombie. You know, they're they're all in there, and and it's one of those things that I just think it is gonna it's gonna make things more interesting because yeah. we'll be more passionate when we talk about them exactly um yeah so if you haven't noticed i do the promotion side dan does the organization side <laughs> she is very good with a spreadsheet i, I on the other hand i on the other hand will say let me just write this down and i write it in code on a post-it note that kind of goes somewhere so <laughs> Dan and has I a whole thing in a spreadsheet. <laughs> yes. Yeah. No. I. I. I generally. I genuinely am this season. Really looking forward to where we can go with this because yeah. I do feel like we can bring some movies to people that have never heard of them or might have heard of them but never given them a chance. And I, I think that's going to be an exciting, exciting. And I think that will work for me and you too. Me and you as well. Like we go into movies that we've not really kind of like we've kind of turned our nose up against mm. and thought oh stay away from that <laughs> no like the blob i would never have done if we didn't have that on the list as just a fucking throwaway thing i would never have said let's do that one yeah and i would never so, have known shawnee smith was was as badass as she was in that movie <laughs> so oh honestly i can't see it again i can watch it <laughs> <laughs> so we are back on Mondays, we are here every Monday on YouTube at seven o'clock. Our audio goes up anywhere you can find your podcasts on a Tuesday. We are now on Instagram and TikTok, but you can also find Nerdy Up North at Facebook, the main Nerdy Up North, and you can find Bleeding Marvelous on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Yes, I think yes, that's it. yeah, that is it. Time to say goodbye, Dan. Goodbye, Dan. Stay spooky, everyone. <laughs> Bye.